Welcome to What the What, the Valentine's episode. Oh I'm Renee. God. I know. It's all about love. I'm Renee. I'm Jeff. I'm Scott, and I'm a little scared of Valentine's Day. You're scared of Valentine's Day? I am. Okay, we're going to get into that. Okay. But before we do, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I want to introduce a guest. We have our first ever guest. Hi. Hi. <laughs> this is Jessica Pride. Uh, Jessica is my coworker. She and I work in the same little office space. Um, but Jessica is not just my coworker. She's also a writer. She is a musician. Well, a singer, I should say. But uh, Jessica is also the only other person I've met who does more than me, reads more than me, and does more than me. So a couple of the things that Jessica does is kissing books. She writes a twice weekly romance, twice a week, right? Yeah. Romance newsletter for Book Riot. That I do. She hosts with Trisha. When in Romance, a bi-weekly romance podcast, which is also with Book Riot, she mm -hmm. is also launching a romance book club with Bookmans, which the first date for that, if you're in Tucson, is going to be... February 25th. February 25th. And she is also the local romance authority within Pima County Public Libraries. So. Yes, you are. Like you know, <laughs> she's a master list maker, so she puts together lists all the time that have to do with romance and a bunch of other things. But romance is definitely one of the things. Mm -hmm. um, you are an advocate for underrepresented people getting their due in the literary world, and you're also currently shopping a book that is all about um, romance, love, and uh, the black reader. That's right. So she is. Um, Really in romance, really which is romance. a great contrast because I'm definitely not in romance. Hey, that's the truth. But <laughs> that's but today what we're going to talk about is romance. That's going to be the topic for today's episode. So I'm going to start us off with a question now because I want us to talk about sort of like some of a, somewhat of our personal experiences. Um, and I prepped you guys enough about this one, which is what is your love language? Pig Latin. <laughs> It works, really. Try it in that's a bar. How, that's how you wooed Pig Hannah. Latin. You that's just right. use Pig Latin. <laughs> Perfect. I actually know what my love languages are. You sent me, yeah. Renee, I'm looking Renee in the eyes right now, romantically, sort of. <laughs> right. And Renee sent me a text, sent both me and Jeff a text, to which she got very different responses. And she said, do you know what your love language is? And I said, yes, I actually know what both of mine are. What are they? They're not Pig Latin. So, um, time and acts of service. Okay, fair. All right, so, that that kind of shakes out the way I thought it would. Yeah. Now you responded because that it was it was through our chat or group chat, and then Anna responded, and hers were different. Totally than yours. different. Yeah. So, do you guys often? <laughs> Hence have... the reason that Valentine's Day is a little frightening for me. Oh, uh, because Anna's love languages are different, so you have to try to find that. Wait or realize at the last minute that I didn't find the common <laughs> ground. <laughs> Surprise. And after 30 some odd years, I've probably missed that common ground more than I've hit it. So she just, you cannot She's see. nodding. Anna yeah. just nodded. Fair. Okay. What about you? What is your. So you got no response from me. I didn't. I know. I was... And I, I've, I've been secretly hoping that you just sent that to us to troll me no. specifically. No, no. Um, but I don't know what my love language is, and I had to stop before I took the test. You had to stop? Yeah. There's, there's, 
I don't I don't want to derail your conversation, but there's there's some things you don't know about people that produce that test that I think oh. would bother you. Oh, let's not even. Yeah. But but okay, sort of separate conceptually, there is this idea which exists that we all communicate love differently from each other, differently, and that we have um, ways that we like to express and receive love, romantic, but also um, you know family sort of levels. Like for me, I'm quality time. You spend some time with me, focused on me, it's great. I'm also touch is one of mine, as big romantically as touch. Um, but my parents are very different for me. Neither of them overlap. They don't, we don't have the same way of expressing love. And so I found it really important at some point to take that test and realize that love was being expressed and communicated. It just wasn't being expressed and communicated in a way that I wanted. And that was a big big sort of step to take was to, to figure out like, oh, it's not that someone doesn't love you. It's that they're just doing it differently than mm -hmm. you want. Right. And what are yours? Mine are, I'm pretty sure, uh, quality time and uh, touch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had to think about that one for a long time because it was like, well, I mean, I like gifts, but I could live without ever receiving a gift. Um, and I like active service. But I'm not very good at doing them. So, oh, so you like getting them, but you don't like doing them? <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm, I'm married. Um, and if I spend a day and don't, like, hug my husband, that's that's a day that doesn't end well. Right. So I know that touch is one. And quality time, same kind of thing. I Even if it's sitting on the couch doing two completely separate things, it feels like quality time to me. Right. So... You know, I'm pretty certain that those are the two that are most aligned with the five, five? Yeah, five. Yeah. The five <laughs> love languages. Yeah. I think that, like, the whole thing, right, is pretty pop, poppy. P yeah, of course, yeah. Right? And so it's not, like, um, you know, it's not, I don't think it's proscriptive. Like, I don't think it says, you know, like, I'm born with this particular gene or something like right. that. But right. having my, you know, been in a marriage with Anna now for 35 years. Are you going to nod your head? Did I get that right? No, I got that Ooh. wrong. But it's oh. right around there. Ouch! And um, <laughs> being, in, you know, being married for that long, you you do sort of figure out that, like, those stylistic things mm -hmm. actually make a big difference. Mm -hmm. And once you sort of figure that out, so you can kind of look at it. It's like Jeff and I had a conversation sort of off, like, in between, like, Renee, you sending this out and and um, and I was doing the podcast today and it was kind of like, you know, it's like everything like that, you know, Myers-Briggs, all the, like, they're, it's like, yeah, that's fine. Right. You know, and, right, it, right. and it can be sort of helpful sometimes if you use it as a way to look at yourself and help sort of figure out what that is. But if you think that there's like a, a Myers-Briggs ENFP gene, or that, you know, if you decide you're an ENFP or you test out or somebody tells you an ENFP or whatever, that at some point that that actually means that you are going to act in these very specific ways, then you don't know very much about people, right? Because we're right. all going to surprise ourselves all the time. Yeah, and, and to some extent, those sort of, those those tests kind of like percolate up into pop culture and are used like your Hogwarts house, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? They're used as a way to create us versus them, right? which is, which is can be problematic, particularly if you're right, if we look at it as like coded into genes. Mm -hmm. um, but it is kind of fun. Like it is kind of going back to some of the stuff we've talked about before, before. It is fun to feel you're part of a group or that you have, there's, you're of something and that there are certain ideas, kind of like your idea of habitus, right? Like that, like 
you have the traits of this group, right? Which is why I think astrology continues to be popular. As the minute though that you use that and it gives somebody else power, you're screwed. Right. So that those are like if you're going for like any kind of group that you want to be part of and they're like, oh, we've got plenty of ENFPs. We don't need those anymore. Right. Or you wouldn't fit into this because you are, you know, you name it, because your love language is um, Italian, you know, and we just don't need any of those fucking Italian speakers in our love language, right? We don't need any. So when you do that. Big Latin yeah, speakers Latin. in our. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. So I think those are, you know, that's where it crosses over a line sometimes. Oh, absolutely. But using it as kind of a fun way to sort of think about yourself, I have no problem with that, regardless of where it comes from. Or like we looked at it at work and because we were looking at, you know, it was kind of interesting to me because we were saying like, how do you like to be appreciated at work? And all of my people who work for me like said um, that they were uh, words of affirmation, that they wanted to verbally hear, which is not what I come from, which is not what I give. And I had to make a conscious choice, like as a supervisor, like, oh, I need to do that. Like, that's my job is to, to sort of understand what they want right. and, and then provide that. So it's kind of a, you know, I mean, supervision is partly giving feedback, but to be like affirmative in that way, you right. know? Yeah. So just a, a quick editor's note, Scott, you were mentioning the Myers-Briggs earlier. So just for those of you that aren't sure, Myers-Briggs, you're referring to like one of the earliest personality tests, the four quadrant personality Based on tests. Jungian psychology. So. I-N-T-F-J? P? Okay, that's mine. Yeah. I have a tattooed on my butt. Like, no, I don't. I don't. Although we do, no, okay, never mind. That was going to be a so we're, supposed to, to, we're supposed to be, be talking about romance. Okay, yes, all right. So, so Jessica. How do, how, do, how, do, how do these tests work? In, like, is there any correlation between these tests and what and what you do with your writing and your work? Well, that wasn't my, my question. Okay, okay. So go I'm ahead. I'm going to do that. Okay. okay. All right. So my larger question for us is... I think Renee's love languages don't interrupt. <laughs> pretty, I mean, most women's love languages don't interrupt. <laughs> but, you know, okay. So, um, which is, what do you want in a love story? What do you, what for you constitutes a good love story? Now, before we get into that, I want to take a little sidestep and ask Jessica to talk about how romance is different from a love story. Romance is different from a love story. And I'm so glad that you interrupted because goodness knows I cannot answer the other right. question. <laughs> um, Fair enough. <laughs> I'd probably apply it in some kind of way, but I, that would take a few weeks to come up with a response. But back to what's the difference between a love story and a romance. Um, so I, I work in what we call uh, capital R romance, the romance genre, which has two essential requirements. The love story is the central part of the story, and there is a happy ending, a happily ever after or a happy for now. Um, but the people who fell in love during the story are together at the end. So Titanic is a love story. It is not a romance. Um, most rom-coms can qualify as a romance. But to answer Renee's other question, sometimes they don't give me what I need, which is a lot of character development, which is how I fell into romance novels. Um, <laughs> because you get a few hundred pages of really getting into people that you want to know and you want to watch them succeed. And then at the end, they're successful in the thing that's happening in the story, which is falling in love and ending up with the person or people that they have been to. So, and that's 
we were talking at dinner. That's also sort of that need for like the character development is what has led you into fan fiction. It has. It has. Um, I was talking about with Renee about how I am not sure the last time I actually watched a romantic film. Like I have no idea when I watched a movie that had those elements, love story, happy ending. Crazy Rich Asians, kind of, but they were already together. The or the one where <laughs> Ali Wong, remember, with the boyfriend in the, uh, was it? Always uh, Be My Maybe? Always Be My Maybe. Yeah. That, that was probably one of the most satisfying ones I've seen recently. Um, but I am also a huge fan of action films because they have the same kind of requirement. There's, like, a process and then a happy ending. I love happy endings. Like, I don't like movies or books that don't have happy endings. Um, and, but I also want them to, like, I, I want everybody in the world. It's just something. <laughs> so, you know, like, some kind of way I ended up back in James Bond fan fiction. Like, that's so 2012. But, you know. Which version of James Bond? Um, Mark movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, one of my friends got me into Double OQ back in 2012. <laughs> and I was reading one this morning. No clue how I landed on it. But, like, I, I want to see the people who usually have to sacrifice everything, including uh, real life. What is double OQ? It is 007, James Bond, and the quartermaster, Q, as currently played by Ben Whishaw. Um, fall in love in various ways. <laughs> yeah, there's always the, the ship name, like, <laughs> when you put two, two characters together and then give it a name, so, yeah. Right. I know that happened, Sherlock, like, had, like, this huge oh, yeah. sort of explosion of fan fiction that was, like, gotta get those dudes together, right? Oh, yeah. Every single thing you have seen has fan fiction like mm -hmm. all of grandma's boy has fan fiction problem no i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding it does not um but grandma's like, boy was fan fiction. <laughs> that, yeah that's true um yeah like they all the big entities there is so many layers of fan fiction to that and it's generally about building out the characters mm -hmm. deeper and then giving it a romantic element yeah i mean bucky was the big one it was one of the big ones too oh yeah yeah but that one was not Stucky. What was that one? It was no, Stucky. Stucky, Mostly yeah. Stucky. Although now we've got lots of Oh. D does romance always have sex in it? No. No. Because no? No. it seems like when I think of romance, I think of like, um, who was the, I can't believe it's not Butter Dude with the long Fabio. hair. Fabio. Yeah, Fabio. I think of Fabio like just ripping some girl's shirt off on the cover of a of a book. And that's like pretty much what I, that's about as much depth as I understand with romance. So apparently there's more there. There is lots more there. Um, and that's kind of the general layperson's view of romance in part because it's it's got such like a, a stigma on it in part because it is most commonly thought of as something written by women for women. We can go into how that is very restricted um, <laughs> yeah. later. But... Spoiler alert, that might be a topic on our next episode. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's in the grab bag. Oh, nice. Very nice. Um, but it, 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 there's all kinds of romance. Like I said, it only has those two requirements. So. I, I read a book once and sort of realized that I had made it a good 250 pages and the two people who had been falling in love had just kissed. And the book ended 20 pages later. And mm -hmm. that was just as satisfying as something where they fall into bed 20 pages in. Which yeah. I also enjoy. Yeah. But <laughs> there's, there is a high, like there's um, more, more so, well, probably in alignment with like action films, 
romance has really specific beats you're meant to hit. Um, so there's the the dark mm-hmm. turning, the which was my least favorite part of the narrative in, in mm-hmm. a in a in a story romance. Um, and uh, so there's the different beats you have to go. And mm-hmm. I totally lost my train of thought because I got really distracted by the idea of the dark beat because that's the one where they're the tension is that they might not get together and they yeah yeah and the best storytellers are the ones who like really make you like afraid that you're going to get to the end of the book and they still haven't made it even though you know because it's in the romance yeah so i was gonna say that was my thing was that like so there's beats but then there's also levels so some are very chaste like they're it's about the love it's not about the sexual and then some are very explicit and it's really there's a huge spectrum within that within the romance um not in film not in television but in books and writing it's huge it's one of the biggest industry book industries like it is the biggest industry. It's it's what keeps the lights on it. Yeah. All the big lights. Yeah, it's yeah. huge. It's a huge amount of stuff out there. So what 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 would you say makes for a bad romance story? What what, have, well, what without without throwing anybody under the bus? What have you read where you're like, all right, this is just this is trash. Let's save that. Put a pin in that because that's okay. good. But that's okay. also part. But I also want to hear from you guys. Like yeah. what yeah, I want to yeah. know what, what you guys, guys like. For. What are you like? I know what I want in a love story. But what are you guys looking for in a love story? Love story or romance? Because I just Either which two way. different things. Either which way. Whatever. I mean, whatever. I will not hold it against you if you love a love story where they just they never find each other again. Well, I, I, so, so for me, like one of my favorite, I guess, love stories is always going to be Lost in Translation. Mm-hmm. I, I love I love that relationship partially because I'm getting to the age where I could be a Bill Murray, and the thought of uh, young Scarlett Johansson is great. But also just because it, it was just a really great story. I. So my favorite, probably my all-time favorite love story, romance, whatever you want to call it, it would be the gift of the Magi. Mm-hmm. And I, oh right, that the okay, yeah. the story. Yeah, yeah, the story, the gift of the Magi, which is which is being it's just retold like over and over and over again in different books. But that that structure of of people sacrificing for each other mm-hmm. is my ideal romance or love story. I I'm picky because <laughs> there's a. I, I mean, Renee, you were talking about the beats in a story. And to me, there's like there's a time where they just need to get together. And when when the authors keep throwing these sort of obstacles in the way, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they know they should be together, but now they have a relationship with they each have a relationship with somebody different. So I'm okay with that mm-hmm. for a little while. But when you know that it's gonna resolve, like when you're sure that it's going to resolve at at some point i think that just gets like it gets sort of stretched out for the agony factor mm-hmm. of it and i just don't need that agony i'd say pull 100 pages out of the middle of the book let the two of them get together not that there shouldn't be some things for them to overcome but i just don't like it when you know it, it's funny i'm, I'm gonna apply this to something which is not romance at all but you know we were talking about like how many fake deaths there were in the the one Star Wars movie. And it's like, just quit faking me out. Like, I know they're going to get together eventually. Let's just sort of let it happen. And don't do it just so you can get those extra 100 pages in. Mm -hmm. So for me, if I know it's going to resolve well, I want early on to start to begin to have an inkling that it's going to resolve. But I want the challenges to be so great that I can't figure out how the author is going to resolve them. Mm -hmm. But then resolve them get to it, resolve them, let me know how it comes out, and don't make it 900 pages of sort of whining about why they're not together. Like, so, have you read the romance 
like a book or are you talking like like movies or anything? I, I'm thinking about like um you know my sort of I I'm I had no idea that I've had any experience at all with anything romance until you just described it and then I realized that it's it's a fairly common sort of trope throughout a lot of different things for instance I just watched the we're, we're in the midst of I mentioned on the podcast before watching the the American version of the office from beginning to end mm -hmm. and Michael has this relationship with Holly that sort of goes and it falls yeah. apart and it's yeah. really sweet I mean when they finally get together I'm like in tears mm -hmm. right you know because it's so amazing they're just like kind of so perfect for each other but like it just went on too long or going back probably before I'm older than everybody in this room, but you know, there was cheers and there was this sort Sam of and Sam and Diane, oh. and it was fun. It was like, finally, guys, you just need to have sex. Yeah, I Ro mean, you did just and, Ross and Rachel. Yeah, I know that's like friends, friends right? Friends for 10, yeah, 10 years. I understand that. that was a TV show once, but I haven't seen it so. And that's what I think one thing actually the office did really well with Pam and Jim is it just put them together at some point. Yeah, right? they like actually they, yes, let it yes, sort of yes, happen. Yes. Yeah. Which actually leads into, so I have a reputation for being very skeptical about romance, and I have a little small black heart, right, like the Grinch, <laughs> which is kind of true because my personal experiences have not been very positive. That's generally how we describe you. Yes. To other people, by the, the way. The Grinch. Small black heart that people are like, oh, yeah, Renee. Oh, Renee. With yeah. purple hair? Totally yeah, get it. Purple oh. hair, black heart. Yeah, yeah. that's my. We, we actually refer to you as Act One Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then, yeah, nothing has expanded my heart just yet. I will say, though, I actually love love. I really love love. What I've realized is I don't like the meet cute. I don't like the tension of the setup. Mm. I, my favorite thing in the world is when there's a TV show and the characters are already in a relationship and mm -hmm. it's a happy relationship. Like, there's this really great TV series called I'm Sorry. I'm Sorry. And it's um, Andrea Savage and she's a comedian. And in that show, she's married and her husband is great. And you get why they get along. They have all these ongoing jokes with each other. You get to see them in talking to each other in bed. And and you can understand sort of how they support each other. And I just love it so much. And then and then really the the sort of tension of the of the story is something separate from that. And then they tackle that as a team. Um, and that's my favorite type of love story. So when it comes to that type of love, like I would put that in everything. I just want to see like I don't want teams to be broken up. I don't want people to be split up. I want the teams to all be getting along, which is why I had a hard time sometimes with Civil War. Um, like, I want all the teams, to be, everyone to get along and fighting against something external. That's my favorite thing. So I'm watching this TV series right now called Best of Both Worlds, which is an Australian. I go really deep into the, like, I just disappear into, like, those really offbeat, like, three-season-long Australian-British comedies. Mm -hmm. And it's the same sort of thing where she just the partnership is really charming they they support each other and it's like the reason i'm watching is i just want to see how the two of them tackle the world and so i don't like a meet cute but i do love love i'm gonna go on record see i'm always afraid when i encounter those perfect couples because historically speaking one of them's gonna die <laughs> what do you mean historically speaking firefly anybody oh yeah. Well, those are dramas. I know. I do it in, I don't do it in dramas. Like, okay. I do it in comedies. Okay. Like, the comedies are, you're right, I don't like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, okay, I've been reading fan fiction for almost 20 years. And for the first time ever, I literally, legitimately went in search of what they call a fix-it fix. 
which is something where something happens at the end of a story or in the middle of a story, and people write stories to make it tell. And so there are a lot Black of Black Widow those. dying. <laughs> there are a lot of those in the Marvel Universe, and there are a lot of those in the Star Wars Universe, especially after the last one. I had to do it for the magicians recently. And I told <laughs> Renee that if I started talking about the magicians to stop me, so I'm going to stop myself. <laughs> but let's just say that I was rooting for two characters that actually almost were there. They were there, and then they weren't there, and then they were almost back together again, and then one of them died. And I really went and found fan fiction, fixed it. And that's one of the things that fan fiction is good for, because you can get some kind of closure, even if the characters right. haven't gotten it. Um, but, yeah, that like perfect couple that's already there, and then suddenly it's not. Anymore. I know. I can't bear it. I can't. I can't, I can't do it. I, I, I will stop a series if I think that's even gonna remotely happen. Oh yeah. Do you think that the that those fan fiction fixes that was alliterative? That was cool. Fan <laughs> was fiction fixes. I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna just bring that up in conversations enough. And <laughs> that's a fan fiction fix. Um. Do you think that that like actually takes the agency away from the author who who intended for something to happen a certain way and then you just go like I'm just going to cut across that out and just do it differently. I mean, there are some authors who think like that and there are some authors who just want you to sort of play with their mm -hmm. characters and do what you will. There are, like I have encountered some authors who have like actually come like, out against our like, yeah, done had lawsuits yeah. against people who've written fan fiction. Um they're like if you want to write, create your own characters even mine. But you know, there are others who, you know, imitation, flattery, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it varies. I think that it's less about the author than the universe that they've created. And um, if there are authors who have feelings about that, I'd love to chat. Because I that's don't That's really interesting. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting to me because... Um, I, and I don't have skin in the game one way or another on this, really. Mm -hmm. But um, it's fascinating to me. Because I do believe, as a as a filmmaker, that I've made and most of what I've done has not been narrative film, but there have been a few narrative films that have been in there, and they're like you know the kind of films that hundreds of people have seen. That's how weird they are. But um, I realize that when I make when I make a film like that, that um, I watch it later, and there's more there. Like the like the universe of the film is bigger than even what I intended yeah. to put in. And I would yeah. assume as authors that you probably have some of the same kind of thing where all of a sudden, like, you've unleashed this universe, mm -hmm. right? And so I don't know if I'd necessarily have trouble with people playing with it, but I also like, like, I like to know that the Beatles are done and there's <laughs> not going to be any more Beatles music. And if I wanted to, I could sit down and I could listen to every Beatles song from the beginning to the end of the Beatles. And then I would say, I listen to the Beatles. And Renee's going to listen with me because she loves I would the Beatles. rather die. Listen, okay. <laughs> As a, just a quick sign oh, yeah. Fan fiction writers are very clear when so, they have a lot of, they have a very clear way that they mark things, whether something's canon, not canon, alternate universe. So the the writers of fan fiction are often um, sort of aware of what, like they're really sort of responsible in a lot of ways for sort of managing that, the sort of like honoring the, the original writer in, in that sense. So. Oh, sorry, uh, I was just go gonna ahead. say, you actually do have some skin in the game. Imagine, imagine, and I'm sure this has happened. It happens to every photographer at some point, where you've delivered your photos to a client, and then a week later, like, hey, I re-edited your, you know, your images. What do you think of this? And then they put it out like that. 
as long as it doesn't go out with my name on it and they paid me for them, I'm less sort of worried about that. I mean, I do cringe occasionally because sometimes people do, you know, it's like you, you give them something and, you know, all of a sudden, or like with, uh, I do, people who listen to the podcast may know this, but I have a, a portfolio of about 16,000 stock images that I sell. And sometimes you see those stock images that go out and get used and it's like, holy crap, what the hell were they thinking with that? But, you know, I got paid my 35 cents for that stock image. So, and and they had the right to go and do it. So, yeah, it kind of bugs me. But I also know that we exist in this recom- recombination world these days that's different than it was when I was, uh, the, when, when I was coming up. I mean, you never would take somebody's creative work unless you were clearly plagiarizing it. You know, right. trying not to let people know, but you would never take somebody's work like that. And ch- people recombine things all the time. I mean, think about beats that yeah. get picked up in music. And it's like, I'm sure a lot of the people who did the original music are like, oh my God, I hate that beat. I hate the way my music sounds in that beat. But, mm-hmm. you know, there it is, right? Yeah. So, yeah. oh, sorry. Wait. Yeah. Uh, uh, who's in it? Uh, we, we need to do first is take a quick break. And then when we come back, we will continue this conversation. And I do have one last question for the group. Okay. What the what? Uh, were you going to say something that you wanted to jump us off? I just remembered. So we were talking about fan fiction and all of that stuff. There is a romance author who mostly self-publishes who decided a couple of years ago to open up her universe to other writers. So she is actually publishing with her own line fan fiction, published fan fiction of her universe. Um, her name is Penny Reed, and she wrote um, a couple different um book series but she said if you like you know the town of green valley which is where some of my books are set in or some of the random characters that you've encountered um write their stories and submit them and i will select 10 per year or something like that to publish so she has actually opened up her romance world to fan fiction and that was the first time i had seen anything like that's that's george George lucas was always really supportive of fan fiction as well besides the timothy zahn novels there's been like fan fiction like films and books like like um festivals and Mm -hmm. and events throughout throughout the last few decades i think that's literary jujitsu right (laughs) where you instead of pushing and it because you realize i i would have to think you know you guys are writers you have to know fan fictions out there. There would be mm-hmm. if at certain points somebody may take something that you've written and recombine it, and you can either just decide that that's going to keep you up at night, or just go, you know, I'm actually going to kind of flow with it. Mm-hmm. And I think if you flowed with it, it could you could have a little bit more sort of fun and kind of enjoy it versus just like having a big and make and make money. Shaking if your head. I ever wrote something that another person wanted to write fan fiction about. I, I would, that would be like peak level, right? right? Like uh-huh. if I could write something that popular, I would be like, I have arrived. <laughs> and the chances that are so small that, right. that, that sounds like an amazing benchmark actually. Would it, <laughs> would it change your mind if that person started making money off of something you created and you weren't getting that? I, I, I mean, they, we'd have to chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's usually, that's usually where the line is. I mean, like, yeah. Fan fiction is all good as long as you don't charge for so it. So right. note to people who yeah, are going to yeah. do fan fiction for Renee or Jessica, they will show up on your doorstep. <laughs> I'm like, give me <laughs> my 25 a, cents. <laughs> there's a knock on the door. 
<laughs> so my last question of our love, we've, we sort of veered off into fan fiction, but Sorry. which we love. No, that's good. Cause I agree. Fan fiction. There's some good this stuff is great because I don't know anything about, I mean, literally know like nothing about fan fiction. Welcome so I'm, I'm learning world. from you guys. Yeah. yeah. I don't read fan fiction directly, but I do. Okay. Okay. Wait, sorry. Let's go back to love. Okay. Love. I will, love. I'll let people steer us away from the love conversation pretty easily. <laughs> love like the Beatles song. What? So, and, in, and, in, and this is something, you know, you and I have kind of talked about like over the course of knowing each other too. Like mm-hmm. what, what is the thing in a, in film, TV, whatever it is you're, you're consuming media. What is something you don't like when it happens in a, in a film or TV about love, about romance? What's like, you're like, ugh, I hate that type of story. I wanted to end on a low note because I have to stay <laughs> with my black heart and end us yeah. on a sad note. So. Yeah, you gotta, you yeah. gotta start with the high. <laughs> just just drop a low, right yeah. If you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, Renee's love character arc is like that. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Somewhere lower than she started. Actually, but no, but then like what I want to see is just straight up love. Like I don't want it to go bad. Yeah. No, no, no dark moments. Oh, no, no, no dark moments. I know what it is for me. What? And it's something that that bothers me with just about any sort of genre. And it's when I don't believe the relationship. When Mm -hmm. like you just can't sell me on the relationship. Like, let's take grandma's boy. Right. There's this right. relationship yes. in Grandma's Boy that is like totally like untenable. It would not happen. In, and it's not even it doesn't even work kind of for comedy so much. Right. Unless you're Jeff or Adam Sandler, like right. the two people who think Grandma's Boy is funny. And any sort of situation for me where like you put two characters together because you're kind of pandering. You want to put those two characters together because it's an interesting, crazy way to pair up a couple characters and it's like oh my gosh in real life you know these characters wouldn't if they wouldn't get together in real life Mm -hmm. you really got to think hard before you try to put them together in a movie or a book or something like that if it's if it's gonna have any kind of a smack of reality to it like i want it to feel real and i want it to be people and that means that sadly in the world that we live in there are socioeconomic things that like just actually don't happen in real life they get portrayed in movies and films and it's so glorified and it's in some ways just so wrong because it ends up being this sort of like fantasy fairy tale mm-hmm. and i don't want to take fantasy you ask me what i don't like i don't want to take those away from other people i'm not saying i don't think those should be produced i just for me i i don't like them and i smell it right away and then i'm just like my i'm out of it fair that's basically my same complaint i don't like it when i don't understand why characters people are getting together because that one of them's attractive and then one of them's not like I, honestly like um, always be my maybe. I didn't get that one. Like he would, like he was kind of a dud. All he did was he played funny music. But we don't learn anything about the character that helped us understand like why what he kind of brought to the table, like what he. So I just like I saw that I wanted to support them as a duo, but I was just like, oh, this is the, everything I dislike in a fan in a romance. It's just people who happen to be somewhat attractive in proximity, and then there's things that weren't. I oh, it drives me crazy. Yeah, totally. I there are two things that I really will put a book down or turn something off for and that is cheating cheating like, okay you, you are in love with somebody in a relationship and you meet your soulmate that's great i just don't want to read it um and toxic people like oh, toxic relationships yeah. are my are the worst and they often happen in weird power dynamics you know like everybody loves the like boss and secretaries well okay not everybody 
Right. Um, but, you know, the billionaire and the ingenue, which unfortunately exploded after Fifty Shades of Grey, um, is sort of a thing that is everywhere in all media. So that is like, and then there's like the toxic kind of relationship that comes with it. And I just, I, that's too much. I love drama, but not that kind of like, I don't want people who need to figure out their own stuff to not be able to figure out their stuff together. That's not what therapy is. Therapy is therapy. Right. Not falling in love. So Yeah, falling in love doesn't fix you. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a good way to say that. Toxic people. Because I also don't like that. Like, sometimes I'll pick up a romance and one of them has a drug issue. And, then, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to. That's yeah. not my thing. Cause I'm a damn. Yeah. So for me, anytime, like... And this, this, it's it's similar to like like toxic relationships or fridging somebody, when when somebody when one of the characters is just made to suffer, mm-hmm. so that the other person can have a revelation. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's kicking the dog. I, I just don't. I'm I lose interest in that really fast because if I feel if I feel like the author or the filmmaker is using somebody's suffering to manipulate me, mm-hmm. I'm just going to turn on the creator. Mm-hmm. Do you have an example of that? I'm not sure. I'm a hundred percent following you. Um, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I don't or how it might play out in a story. Well, okay. Well, like if um, and it's actually a story that I really that I actually really liked. But uh, say say you know the 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 man isn't is kind of inattentive and he's really focusing on his career above everything else, and then the wife gets cancer, and that reminds him that he actually has a wife that he has to go take mm-hmm. care of. It's like those kind of those kind of things. I just lose interest. in. She almost, in that case, becomes the disposable woman herself until he realizes she's not disposable after all. So yeah, I I could see that. Yeah, the the love interest as personal journey support. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's a good exactly. You know, the thing with most love stories in real life is they're really boring. Mm -hmm. They are. I mean, they're really just boring to other people. Like. You know, they're exciting to you because it feels great. But the minute you start describing somebody, telling somebody about all the funny things about how you met and where and then it's like people are like, yeah, I kind of they're looking at their watch. You know, I got to go. So there's some sort of balance there. Obviously, they're trying to make it, you know, authors and filmmakers and people are, are trying to make it kind of interesting. But I think there are a lot of traps that they can fall into that that are just again so often done Mm -hmm. that you know it's like let's try to find something else yep i that's right so boo boo to those i say boo just let's not produce them and no i mean that's not true but someday we'll have an episode that is dedicated to all it's dedicated to is love actually since that's a (laughs) film i love love actually i know I know. I know. Save it because we have a lot to talk about with that one. Um, but Jeff and I, I will have a grandma's boy love, love actually about, smack down. You have a lot of things so. about love actually too. So okay, I, don't go into it. Yes. <laughs> so it means I would. I have to see this. I don't even know what you're talking about. <gasps> oh yes. Okay, okay. Yes. Yeah. I I'm, mean, I haven't seen Titanic, but yeah. I love a good meet cute. Oh, fair. I, 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 I love. Just... I love the fairy tale romances. I love meet cutes. I like all that kitschy cheeky stuff i live i know i I, I, I I want that i had i had something very close to a a fairy tale moment in my life and the rest of my life has been trying to recreate that Mm. i just want reality but not the happy ending make it real 
convince right. convince me convince me these two people be. should be together yeah fair okay or these seven people or however <laughs> yeah, whatever like, whatever their thing triad. is it yeah, be, that's yeah right. it doesn't have to be just whatever their people. thing is convince me as long <laughs> as it's done well yeah. yes as long as everyone's consenting so um we gotta wrap up there's actually a lot more we probably could have said about love but i'm putting the pin in it we're done love is over love we're is not done. allowed to ever talk about it again on this on this podcast Everything that needs to be said about love has We've now said been it. said. We've done it. We're finished. All so, you need is love. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's going to be hard for Jessica because she wants to write books about this I had stuff. To throw in the Beatles thing. Oh, no. Sorry. she's She will never stop loving love. So that's great. But before we go, we um, I totally did not warn you about this part. But what we usually do is um, we say something we're kind of into. Like what's, what's going on in our lives? Like media, book, something you want to recommend to the world? You don't have to go first. Do you Thank guys have you. something? I got something. What? So, um, so this week actually, um, we I, I have started a website and Instagram post and um, Instagram profile, I should say, and Facebook page for Photo Rabble, um, oh, is which that? is oh. a, is a collective of street photographers, and now the still the that collective is exactly two of us. So. Um, it's um, I'm in, and then a photographer named Alex Casares. We have a third photographer who we just need to like sit with her and get her talk to her and get her in. But I'm really excited. Um, I've been looking back to photography that I've done over the course of the last 20 years or so, and I've had lots of street photography on and off over the years. And these collectives are a way because nobody really makes money as a they don't make a living as a street photographer. There are some ways you can make money, and there are few people who do well with it. But um, so I just decided that I'm going to start a collective so that we can do shows and we can. Yeah. Just like do a little bit more getting this out. So, so that I've officially the second photographer is in that launched uh, this week. So, if people are interested in finding it, um, come like us. We like it when you like us. And so, we're at it's photo rabble in all those different places. The website won't be online um, for a couple um, sort of um, tactical reasons for about two months, but both the um, uh, Facebook and Instagram are up and running. And we're posting like really great, kind of self curated. We're making sure we put up our best stuff. So, there's some really good stuff there. We will link to it in the What the What po- podcast Facebook page. So, we'll make sure that it's also out there and easy for people Thank to you. find. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. What do you got? So I'm about seven movies into 2020. You can go check out my reviews on Bandwagon Fans on YouTube. Uh, I just did just put up reviews for Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, uh, Color Out of Space. And after sometime later tonight, I'll be doing the review for Come to Daddy. Come to Daddy. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure I we'll want to know anything again. about that film. <laughs> we'll do like, okay, yes. So my thing, which may also be your thing, Harley Quinn movie. Oh, yeah. I didn't see, I haven't seen your review yet, but I was a big fan. I was a huge fan. Yeah, was, that was, that was a highly entertaining film. It was so entertaining. The story, the quips, the kicks, the clothes, all of it. <laughs> oh, the music? The music. Uh, I was very much in love with the music. On point, on point. But I also want to mention, because this is very weird for me, um, I tend to just follow what my husband does with the remote and get into it later. Sure. Um, but today we watched the first episode of Lego Lords. Oh yeah. And I've it been was that. it was one of those things where you're very anxious about everything that's happening, but they actually it's it's an ongoing thing, more like Project Runway than like Forge and Fire, where it's oh. individual people every episode. So 
and it like i'm sort of digging i don't understand how it's fox that's being so progressive with how they're casting things but you know rebel wars is teams of two people and they've got people of all races multiple ages um sexualities gender expression all of that building their legos and it's just amazing to watch because they're all really smart and they have they have to build things from scratch and just like come up with it in their minds which is mind-boggling to me anyway but it was just it it's so like wholesome to watch because it's like the it's great british bake-off yeah right and yeah. but you're like anxious because soufflés fall towers fall <laughs> so it's just it's really interesting and i'm looking forward to watching the rest of it and seeing who wins and picking a winner before as we go through my husband and i do that for every competition show we do that you like <laughs> put money down on one of the ponies yep yep okay where can people watch that on Hulu, Hulu if you or regular Fox, if if you watch things on regular TV, um, I have Who no knows clue what? what time it comes on or what day, but Hulu is available. Awesome! All right, really good showing, you guys. I think that's it. You can rate, review, subscribe, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your dog. Everyone needs to listen to us. You can find us on social media at WTW Pop. Cast and that's P-O-P Pop. cast. Yeah. Pop. We're at um we're on Facebook, Twitter. Uh and that's yeah, those are the Instagram, not yet. Maybe someday. Yes. Yeah. Almost everywhere podcasts are sold. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's perfect. All right. Uh this has been What the What with special guest Jessica Fry. Scott, Jeff, and Renee.